0: Good morning, and welcome to the ALC Daily Podcast. My name is Pastor Jared Pollitt. and this is Pastor Benjamin Davis. And today we're joined again by the incredible Pastor Mike Ware. We're just going through all the superhero, um, you know, descriptors here, <laughs> and uh, we're we're talking about um, discipleship. And I wanted to take a few days of podcast and talk about marriage because we find that um, that you know if you don't get your marriage to work, your discipleship's going to be a problem because that's where the rubber really hits the road, right? Because your spouse knows you like no one else does. Matter of fact, I had a mentor tell me, Mike, um, that uh your ministry will never be any stronger than your marriage. And that always had a, an impact on me is that I need to be constantly working to improve my marriage if I if I gain my ministry but i lose my marriage in the process you know i've lost that's like making making a first down but losing the ball game i mean you know really right there and so we're privileged to have um, mike with us and mike has as we've said earlier has traveled the united states working with pastors and ministers all over the united states you've traveled the world working with pastors and ministers all over the world so you know, I think it's probably fair to say that you've probably hit a few situations where there were these leaders in ministries that were struggling with how to make ministry and marriage work at the same time. Is that accurate, Mike? Have you have you encountered some of this?
1: Well, I think so. There's some, but here's the problem with um, ministry and marriages or people and marriages in church is that when they walk through the front door, they put on this. We're perfect. We're the perfect couple. Everything's happy. We're full of peace in our home. And then they get back in their car and they argue all the way back. So they argue coming and going. You know, I will say this, Jeannie and I have never had an argument coming to church or going home from church. We've never had an argument. And the reason why is because we go in separate cars. (laughs) That's the truth. I mean, I have to get to church early, so she usually follows up later. But that does cut down on all the arguments, but you know, the truth is, is that I think people put on the illusion that everything's fine when it's not fine. And, uh, by the time I usually hear about it, it's almost so far gone, their relationship and their marriage. that I mean, I mean, the plane is about to hit the ground and, um, yeah. and we don't want to see people like that in your church our church or any, any Christian, we don't want to see them get to that place. And so for that to happen, we have to be honest and transparent and, uh, and particularly for us as leaders, we've got to really help guide and direct them and challenge them in their relationships with Christ and, of course, their relationship with each other.
0: Mm, that's so good. And so, you know, your marriage not only survived a life of ministry, but it thrived in it and many, many years of ministry so you just told us the secret. Number one secret is you drive to church separately. No, we're, we're kidding. So, so give us some more secrets. Give, it, give us, if you would, just a couple of secrets to say this is what we did so that our marriage not only survived in ministry, but thrived in
1: ministry. Well, there has to be some forgiveness along the way. And I've always said you don't have to be wrong to repent. And like all couples, you're going to argue. You're going to have disagreements. uh, You're not going to get along. There's going to be seasons where you feel like you're in the wilderness. And I think that just happens. That's realistic. When a couple comes and tells me they've been married 10 years and they've never had an argument, I think that's a lie. And there's (laughs) no way. I mean, there's no way two human beings can be in the same room, same bed, everything, and for 10 years never have a, a, a negative discussion with each other. I mean, really? I mean, if that's the case, then you need to come teach me but uh, i've always said you know to to see healing in your marriage you know you may be offended you may be hurt you know whatever's caused the angst in your relationship but somebody's got to be willing to take the first step and as i said just a moment ago you don't have to be wrong to repent you just have to be genuine and authentic in your heart and if i think if you could start a conversation that way if you're having trouble in your marriage or relationship and you're blaming the other person, well, they could possibly really be to blame. I mean, they may be the one that really caused the problem, but uh, they're not taking any steps to rectify the problem. So why don't you just take that first step and and just go repent. Say, look, I'm sorry for what I've done and what I've said. And uh, what do we need to do to make things right? How do we need to talk this out? Because a lot of people fight it out. They don't talk it out. And I think it's important if you're going to have a good relationship, there has to be communication. Of course, you got to break through the the, uh, the anger and the hurt and the bitterness and all those things before you can communicate. But there's, the Bible talks about edifying communication and it talks about the negative kind of communication. So we have to really kind of figure out which one we're going to have. I think as Christians, we ought to have edifying communication where we edify and build up each other.
0: Mm. That's gold right there. What you just said, you know, my wife and I used to, when we would have arguments, um, uh, I'd say we learned to confuse God because what would happen is I'd go get into my private place and I'd say, Lord, change me, deal with me, work me over, change me first. And then you can, after you've worked me over, I you, you can do whatever you need to do with her. Well, What I found out was she also went into her private prayer area and said, Lord, change me first, deal with me first, change me and work me over. And then, you know, and, and I found so we're both saying God changed me first, and God doesn't know what to do. It, it, it confused him. So He just answers all the prayers, and the result is both of us change, and we we repent. And you know, then I love that you're saying in marriage, you don't have to be wrong to repent. I'm repenting because if there's a lot of gray in this area, so I'm just repenting to say, you know what, I'm an imperfect person. I'm sorry for where I fell short. I just want the marriage to be better. Um, And I think that gets into some of the pitfalls to avoid. Can you just name a few that you see? What are some pitfalls to avoid as people are saying, I want to serve the Lord and have a healthy marriage while I'm serving the Lord at the same time? What, What are some pitfalls to avoid in that?
1: Well, I think you have to have a balance in your service to the church or the kingdom and your family. And I think sometimes people find ministries an escape because they want to be in ministry. They want to serve the Lord. It's, it's admirable. And I admire and respect that. But sometimes they, they spend too much time. Uh, I think at the church, I, I, I know for pastors, I don't like hearing what I'm saying. But, you know, I think sometimes people, um, they get their priorities mixed up. I really think you need to put your family first. And when your family is in order, then your ministry will be in order. You know, hurt, hurting people hurt people. Uh, unhealed people uh, wound people. And so, if you're if you're wounded in your marriage, wounded in a relationship, uh, there's anger in your relationship or marriage. You know, you bring that into all the ministry, into all the relationships that you have with others. And you may not know it or recognize it, but those are some pitfalls, I think. That we have to kind of be careful. I think a real balance is important. One of the things we did is, you know, churches sometimes have so many things going on, and then people in the church feel obligated to be involved in them. I mean, we could look, we we could be at church every single night if we wanted to, but when I was pastoring the church, I realized I did not want to compete with the family. And so uh, we made some changes in some things to where we only really hoped people would show up on Sunday and then maybe on Wednesday night service, and then maybe a small group if they led one or participated in one. And so uh, that was basically Sunday. People are going to go church anyway on Sunday. So that was basically instead of three or four nights a week, it was maybe one to two nights in the evening for an hour or two that they could go and have relationship fellowship with others. So uh, that for me, I felt obligated as a pastor to make sure that people, uh, The church wasn't competing with them, I guess I would say. Mm. I think Mm. that helped us out, and it helped people have a better balance. Mm.
0: I think that's great, and I I love to hear it. We're at Abundant Life. We're trying to resolve that problem with making small groups our core DNA and simplify everything around them. Um, And and if we achieve our goal, what we'll end up with is uh, people having their corporate worship on Sunday. You know, you need that corporate worship. You need that large group gathering. And then small group, where I think where, the, where the, that community is taking place, but simplify. We live in a complex society, and so we believe that uh, that simplified church model is going to benefit it in the in the long run, and it's going to help the marriages and the families as well. Um, let me close with this last question. So let's let's assume that there is a younger married couple listening to this right now and they are passionate about doing ministry. Maybe they're doing youth ministry or maybe they're doing young adult ministry or maybe they're doing worship ministry and or or maybe they're looking at being in the full-time pastorage. They just love the Lord and they love ministry and they're a younger couple. So what advice would you give that passionate, passionate couple in the Lord, Mike, about their marriage and, and ministry?
1: I'd pat them on the back because they're sharing life together. They're sharing ministry together. They're sharing their passions, which sound to me, as you were framing that, sound like it's the same. There is no greater journey on the planet, in my opinion, when you have a couple that want to pursue some things together. Now, I know they have their own interests as individuals, but when they're doing something in ministry together, I think that strengthens the relationship and the marriage. And they can go at the pace they both feel comfortable at because they're both doing it together. So I would applaud them, I would, I would pat them on the back, I would high five them, because I think they're really modeling what uh, uh, a couple should do if they're believers in serving the body of Christ and uh, serving together, Whether like you said, whether it be youth or children or maybe maybe sometime in the future in full-time ministry. But they're pursuing this journey together. And I've watched too many times where couples, they, they start off on the journey and they end up with a split in the road. One goes one direction, one goes another. And, uh, and it seems like over the years they grow farther and farther apart because their interests are different. And, I, and I'm going to say this again. I know that my interest hobbies and things like that are different than Jeannie's, which is fine. She hasn't, but when it comes to the ministry things, we're probably on the same page. We're both involved with, with, uh, with people and, uh, Bible studies and preaching and leading and doing those kind of things. We do them in our own individual way, but we're doing them together for the betterment of the kingdom and for the body. And so I think that has really been the mortar that's kept our bricks together, so to speak, and really kind of helped us together. Because, I mean, if Christ is not the center of your home, something else will be. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more solid than Christ.
0: You know, I just want to encourage, if you're a a young married family listening to this, just receive that affirmation. You're on the right path. You're a young young married family and you are passionately pursuing the Lord in ministry together in your marriage. Receive that affirmation because God is saying you're on the right path. I'm going to reward you richly for the, the focus and the direction of your life. Mike and Jeannie are going to be with us again um, on April, Saturday, April 17th. I apologize, I got that wrong on the earlier podcast. It's Saturday, April 17th here at Abundant Life Church, and they're gonna be teaching more on this. And I just wanna encourage everyone listen to this podcast, join us for that weekend, and we'll do just a couple more podcasts with Mike uh, to close out this week. Thank you for joining us today. At Abundant Life Church, we believe that through community in small groups and encounters with Jesus, you will have growth. Visit Abundant.us to learn more about ALC and how to join a small group. You can also join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. in person or at 1045 in
1: person or on our YouTube with our live stream community.